Well, good morning. Let's let's stand together. Let's pray as we start. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this beautiful day, God. Lord, we came to worship you today. God, we came to lift up your name today, Lord Jesus. God, do a deep work in our hearts today. God, increase our love for you. Increase our dependence on you. We pray that in Jesus' name.
Let's give him praise. Amen.
you may be seated. Good morning, Rinrock. Uh, my name is Larry Nicholson, and I'm up here this morning as part of the search committee uh, for our new uh, worship leader, pastor. Uh, as you can see, uh, we had someone else standing at the front mic here. Um, we'll get to that a little bit in a, in a minute here, but I, I just want to welcome everyone to Rimrock this morning. Um, if you're a, new here, a visitor, uh, there are some cards in the front uh, seat in front of you. If you would uh, please fill that out and take it back to the welcome center, the welcome uh, lobby there. And we also have a, a gift for new visitors, a small gift there. We just want to be able to connect with you and uh, get to know you better. Um, we also know that, uh, what day is today? Mother's Day. Okay. Um, I would hope that we uh, honor and respect our mothers 365 days of the year, uh, but we always do uh, set aside a, a special day to recognize and honor and pray for our mothers and, and all those uh, who mother in other ways as well. Um, I, you know, it's a wonderful but challenging role <laughs> in, in the family and in this world today. Um, I, I think of my mom. I, I think of uh, what she meant to me. She's still living. She's 95. Um, and what she meant to me in my, in my faith journey, uh, she was the one that was faithful in getting us to church, uh, Sunday school, youth group, and giving us the opportunity to learn who Jesus was until that time where we were able to make that personal decision in our, of our own uh, to accept him as our Lord and Savior. So um, just uh, really, really am grateful for, uh, for that uh, and what she meant uh, growing up uh, and still. Um, the Bible does state that mothers are to be honored, um, obviously uh, Deuteronomy. I'm going to just share just a little bit of scripture here. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and that it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Um, mothers offer comfort and nurturing to their families. Um, Isaiah states, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Um, mothers are obviously carriers of life, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, Psalm 139, 13. And mothers are teachers. Um, uh, Proverbs 1, 8, and 9, listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. I'm sure you all uh, can think of teachable moments that your mother had with you. I can think of many uh, uh, for, for me. So um, I, let's, let's just pray right now uh, for, for our mothers, if we would. Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, giver of all good things and lover of our souls, we just thank you for the gift of, of all mothers, mothers here, uh, mothers around the world. And Lord, we just thank you for the caring, the caregiving, the love, the sacrifices 
the teaching, the guidance that we know our mothers give. Father, Satan is seeking to destroy the family unit. And Lord, we just lift up our mothers this morning. Help them to look to you for their guidance, for their strength, for their encouragement. And Lord, we just pray that we can come alongside of them as well in any way possible to help them in this task. We ask this all in your glorious name. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen. Thank you, moms. So, um, Now, I said we'd get to this uh, new business uh, soon. Um, when Tom announced after 24 years of leading Rimrock Church in worship uh, that he was going to be stepping back um, sometime around the end of June. Um, immediately they did uh, create a search committee. Um, I'd like to just, uh, it, was, it consisted of Pastor Ben, Tom Haggerty, Marcus Levesque, uh, Josh Schmidt, Julie Broberg, Laura Longville, Angela Van Pelt, Cindy Hamilton, and, and myself. Um, we got together uh, a, a number of times and put together kind of a candidate profile that we were looking at. Um, you know, talking about character, uh, the alignment with the mission and values of, of, of Rimrock, um, and, and competence in, in uh, being a leader. Um, and uh, so we put together um, questions that we wanted to, to ask, and, and we sent out um, an invitation uh, to people to uh, submit their resume. We did receive um, nine, nine resumes. Tom shared a lot of this last week um, um, at both services. Um, and we were supposed to pick our top three. We, uh, um, uh, and Ben, I think, had just shared with Nate, not knowing that Nate would be interested in this, uh, at all, but uh, the, the Lord leading. Um, if you didn't notice, Nate's last name is Green, so so we're going green here at Rimrock. So, uh, but uh, uh, the Lord um, led Megan and Nate to um, submit a resume, and so we were handed these resumes, and we we were supposed to pick our top three, and. Um, we got together. None of us had spoken with each other at all uh, before this meeting. And the one thing we had prayed about at the very beginning was unity uh, of the Spirit and, and God guiding this process. Um, because we all love Tom. <laughs> and he's meant so much to this church. So. Um, we were unanimous. We all sat there and shared. We have one candidate out of these nine resumes that we want to pursue, and it was Nate. So we want to welcome Nate, Megan, 
Um, we've kept them pretty busy here. They came on Wednesday and they led praise band practice Wednesday night. They met with the praise band team down uh, Thursday night at Downtown uh, Exchange. Um, Friday night we had a gathering at Tom and Terry's, uh, just a fantastic time of fellowship and food and getting to know Nate and Megan better. And um, and then Saturday you helped uh, help lead some worship downtown again to kind of uh, allow the downtown campus to, to get to meet him better as well. Um, what we're asking is uh, we are having a member meeting afterwards, uh, after the second service. And uh, our, our bylaws state that it's the congregation that has the final say in, in who we call uh, as, as worship pastor. And uh, so I would encourage you to please come. Uh, it is a member vote. We will be doing it by ballot. Um, but I, I want you to know that as the search committee, uh, we have uh, Nate and Megan have our wholehearted support. And uh, again, please, please show up if you can. So, um, but we want to welcome Nate. We want to welcome Megan. Uh, they have six children. I'm not sure where, are they in Sunday school? Okay. All right. Well, we'll get to, get to meet them, I'm sure, too. So, but we, we certainly appreciate you being here, we hope you feel welcome, and uh, uh, we love you being here, so. Hey, Megan, would you stand up for a sec so they can see who you are? This is Megan. Yay. Thanks, Larry. Yeah, we, we have felt so, so welcome, so, so loved during our time here. And uh, it's kind of funny, last, last night we were downtown, my wife wore a Go Green shirt not even thinking about what that would imply, that the fact that they're voting. So she didn't wear it today, but I just thought that was funny. But, uh, you know, Ashley, Ashley, it's go Jesus, right? Because we don't have anything apart from him. We have nothing apart from him. So let's, uh, and we'll hear about that soon, like how he spoke life into existence, and uh, we have our being because of, of him. So, hey, let's stand as we uh, continue to celebrate what Jesus has done. I was buried beneath my shame. And who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn. Till I met you, I was breathing the night alive, and all my failures I tried to hide. It was
seated. Welcome this morning. Good morning, John. Is it on? Okay. When I showed up here today, I came in and Nate was singing the song you'll hear him sing when we're finished here. And uh, I don't know if it was just my mood or the fact that the, the anointing of God was on you, Nate, but I came up and told him, I think we should just go home after hearing that song. <laughs> it was awesome, and you did an incredible job. And welcome here, you guys. Uh, I am glad of the note of Mother's Day. I wasn't sure what I was going to say. I had a lot of things I wanted to say about my mother. and But he really did a great job, and I just think that people don't comprehend or realize that your identity and who you are in this physical planet, in this earth suit, is a result of God purposely choosing you to be born from the parents you're born. A lot of you have had very difficult things, but if we'll go ahead and receive the fact that uh, these mothers were perfectly designed to do a work in my life, to do a work in your life, and to give thanks and praise as often as you can it is amazing what begins to happen even in your attitude and your heart toward your mother. Mothers, I just, uh, I, I bless you. I know the job is tough and uh, get through it because there is grandparenting that comes along here. So. <laughs> you know we just finished the book of Revelation and if you remember the first day that uh, I think Ben talked about Revelation, there's a theme that you needed to understand about the book of Revelation in order to adequately, adequately interpret a lot of things through Scripture. Sometimes it's very, very important that we grasp what is the main theme and what is the main purpose here. And I really, really believe strongly if uh, you don't understand and embrace this beginning of Genesis 1 and grasp it, the rest of the book of scriptures is going to be difficult for you to understand. It'll make a whole lot of sense. And matter of fact, when you begin to see why God chose uh, to begin this way, and you begin to see what is the theme here, uh, it'll make the rest of scripture start falling into place. If not, you just like people that just grab different verses and try to, try to understand them. And it's very, very difficult. And I have really enjoyed uh, just studying uh, this five verses. We're going to start with Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And we're going to look at this, and I, I think there are some really, really neat things. I pray that you would uh, have ears to hear, and I pray that I would have words that would be clearly not mine, but his to flow through me. And that we could begin uh, a, a neat journey through this book. It's going to be exciting. Would you pray with me? Father, it is overwhelming to take how this portion of Scripture. That before there was even an existence of time, 
before there was a universe, before there was heaven, before there was earth. You decided to make yourself known in such an incredible way to display your life so that we might be able to reflect that life to others. I pray today, put a covering of protection over the words coming out of my mouth, over the words that are heard through our own individual uh, hearts. And I pray that the blood would be placed over the threshold of this church so that the enemy's lies and deceptions would be kept away. And I know that we have confidence that we can ask you that because you were clearly, clearly told us we could ask you in your son's name. Amen. Uh, if you're able, uh, would you stand with me? We are going to read Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. If you're not able, it's okay. God understands. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. You may be seated. The word God here is the word Elohim, and the word Elohim basically means all-powerful, and, and it doesn't just mean that he's strong and he's powerful, it means all-powerful. Any power that you ever see comes from him. It comes from him. He is all-powerful, and he is, and no power exists apart from him. And so when God decided before the foundation of the world, and I'm, you're going to see kind of today a little bit of a, kind of like a trailer and then you're going to have uh, each of the other preachers are going to come and they're going to kind of fill in the parts of the story that takes place. But I want to give you a, a big vision here to look at because as we've probably ended almost every sermon and every talk that we've done up here, at least I think the attempt has been to do so, you will understand as this is that this is again a story about God. It's not a story about me. And it's not a story about you. I was reading something, or I heard a sermon the other day, and I, and I actually thought that was interesting. And so I, I typed it out, this little story, and it was a real uh, display of what I think the world looks at and how the world looks at life. On t Tuesday, February 7th, LeBron James broke Kareem Jabbar's career point record of 38,387 points. And he became the NBA's all-time scoring leader. Perhaps the defining image of the night was captured by Andrew Bernstein. When I look closely, you'll notice a photo has something in common with so many iconic images of the last decade. Behind the Moment in focus, there's a towering wall of raised arms holding small metallic rectangles. Nearly everyone in the frame is reaching, straining to grab their own picture. Why would this be? Surely all 
20,000 in attendance that night knew that this moment would be thoroughly captured from every conceivable angle by a small army of professional photographers, wielding the best equipment available. So why in the world would thousands of amateur photographers with less sophisticated cameras at far worse angles risk missing the moment for an inferior photo? Because deep down, this historic moment was not first and foremost about LeBron James, nor was it about the Los Angeles Lakers, or even professional baseball, or even history itself. It was about me. It was about the Instagram post and a couple dozen likes. Many are even watching to play. play. They paid hundreds to witness if they could just look at their phones and see who was seeing them. This is uh, taken from a talk about it's all about me. And we hope today that we're going to begin to see that it isn't all about me and it isn't all about you. This is a story about God. And the thing is, when it becomes a story about God, I cannot tell people long enough and hard enough that once I might fit into somehow his plan and his design that, that it is about him and this is about the worship of who he is, it is amazing that the very things that I was trying to get making it about me begin to come to me. In his presence there is fullness of joy and in his right hand there are pleasures forevermore when we get the right thing right and the first things first. So here we have in the beginning God and this God is as we sang the song I didn't know these songs were coming but I'm, I'm glad it said praise the Father praise the Son praise the Holy Spirit three in one. I want you to understand that the word there Elohim was also plural and it meant that God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were there. They were there together creating. It wasn't just God the Father. We talk about Jesus, and, and, I, and this came to mind to me, is that I think so many of us have kind of taken Jesus' life and we've reduced it down to 33 years. And it's the 33 years that we read about that he lived on this planet, laying aside his deity so that he could demonstrate to you and I what man was supposed to live like and we hold them captive in those 33 years do you know that all of existence beforehand that wasn't how he represented himself and displayed himself and all the time after it's not the way he displayed himself let me read you some verses that will relate to this I don't think you can read Genesis 1 1 through well for the first few chapters without reading John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Hebrews, and these last days has spoken to us through his son Jesus, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made this world. 
And then Hebrews says, And you, Lord Jesus, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. I think you agree with me that it basically is revealing to us that Jesus is the creator of this world, and he's the creator of the heavens, and he's the creator of all things, and that God is there to lift him up. And so together you see the Father and the Son are the creators. Neither of them acted separately of one another. But then you also see down here it says, and the Holy Spirit was hovering over and moving over. I want to read you another portion of Scripture on the creation. And this is taken from Proverbs, and it says, The Lord possessed me, and I really believe this is called the spirit of wisdom, which is, I believe is the spirit of the Holy Spirit of God. It says, possessed me at the beginning, before these works of old and the creation of old, from everlasting I was established. From the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth, there was no depth while I was brought forth, where there was no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains were settling, before the hills I was brought forth, while he had not yet made this earth in the fields, nor the first dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he inscribed a circle in the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when the springs of the deep became fixed, when he set for the sea its boundary, so the waters would not transgress or command, he marked out the foundation of this world. And I was with him and beside him as, a, as his master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before and with him, and rejoicing in the world his earth. That word rejoicing is an interesting word. The word rejoicing means that the Holy Spirit said that they were playing, playing and creating. The Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father had decided at that point in the beginning that they were going to play together and create together, and they together were going to show off, display this incredible community of the three in one. And you'll hear later on, and somehow, folks, they decided they wanted us to be a part of it, to display, again, their creativity. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, I was blown away because I never really pictured them playing together. I never really pictured them rejoicing together. I've always kind of had this distant uh, kind of just awe, which I think you should have. But when it came and I began to realize that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit created, I was began to be blown away. This is way bigger than sometimes what we imagine. Look out here. I was driving up here, and I don't know if anybody came across Pactola, but there was a mist over Pactola, and, and it was just beautiful. And I, and I said, you know, there's times I've asked you numerous times, if you didn't mind, I wouldn't mind you just kind of letting me see an angel or something that I could see. And on the way over here, God just said, are your eyes not open? Have you not seen the display of my beauty? Just look out over this, and it should hush you to understand that. I look up here sometimes, and I just look at these mountains, and I think they were basically displaying something that God is absolutely letting you know his power. Let alone the galaxies that you're going to hear about and, and all the stars that were perfectly set in perfect place for them. 
I find that in the scriptures, and as I've gone through the different characters, when people began to become kind of arrogant and somehow wanting to have God explain himself, it seems interesting that God goes back to the very beginning and starts talking about his creation. And then he doesn't have to do anything to explain himself. You know the story of Job? Remember when Job was all of a sudden beginning to question and God says, come here. And he actually, he calls him Mr. Fault Finder for a while. He says, and he's his friend. He called him friend, but he said, Fault Finder, come over here. Remember, and he says, wasn't it cool when we laid out the galaxies at forgot you weren't there when we did that. Uh, how about when the, we've made hail form in the sky? You weren't there when we did that. Uh, do you remember when I laid the, the, the seas out so they couldn't pass their boundaries? And I forgot you weren't there when I did that. Over and over, three chapters, he went into every type of thing. And what happened to Job? Fell to his knees and said, I have spoken things I do not understand. Oh, Lord God, your ways cannot be thwarted. I put something over my mouth. He was brought back to the remembrance of who this God is that he was worshiping. And I think that when God showed creation, and he'll do it over and over again, you're going to see that if you somehow get in the midst of somehow deciding that you want to know something more than you think you ought to know, go back to this beginning and just pay attention to the next 12 chapters of this book, and it will begin to put us in the right place of where we belong. I was reminded of Jonah, and Jonah's on the boat and everything's sinking, and it says, and all of them and their own manufactured gods, they were doing whatever they could to ask the gods to stop the sea, and Jonah's sleeping, they finally said, go get that Hebrew. And uh, when they get, get the Hebrew, he said, here's what Jonah said, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made this sea and made the dry land. And they said to him, if you know the God that created the universe in this sea, why aren't you calling on him? Again, going back to God's creation is, if you know the one that created this thing, why in the world aren't you calling on him? I wonder sometimes, as God created, as we look down here, and then God created, and then he said very good, that word good means pleasant, beautiful, uh, uh, cheerful, joyful, expressing, fullness of expression, and displaying expression, and it is good. You're going to see that in all the creation, if you can go ahead and stop and make this more about who God is and how great he is, and not about you, and you look up here and you look at the stars, or you look up here and you see the different things, it is good. These plant or these uh, nature itself are displaying God. It says the heavens are telling the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring his works, that they're telling you about God. If you can begin to look into that and see, they are yelling out that they are good, they are very good. And there's, that's why something touches you when you see the, the beauty of nature. There's something that God said is good. And all of these hills and mountains and skies and stars are doing what they were designed to do. They're telling you and I about God. 
as Psalm, even Psalm 19 says. They're declaring this handiwork. Somebody's going to, I don't know which one has this, it's either you or me that has the next thing. You're going to notice that when he creates you and me, he says, this is very good. My question is, are we displaying, almost bragging about God saying we are very good? Or do we simply criticize ourselves, continually condemning ourselves, and somehow feeling that God made a mistake? I think you're going to find some neat things even about that. And then it goes on, and he says this. And God saw, he said basically, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. As our, the pastors get together before we preach, we kind of review and talk about what we're going to visit about. And, uh, and it was brought up that, do you know that later on he creates the sun and the moon? So what was this light? What was this light that was there before? Now, I, I'm taking a guess at something here. Before the creation, there was not any of this uh, that we talk about or light or anything. After creation, there was something that was needed. But this was not, I believe, the sun and the moon. It says, and I saw that the light was good, and he separated them, and this... In, in Revelation, we heard, and the city has no need of the sun or the moon anymore to shine on it, for the glory of God will illuminate it, and the lamp is the lamp, lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Again, there was no longer any night, and they will have, uh, not have need for a light for the lamp nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will be the illuminator, and he will forever reign forever and ever, displaying his light. I believe at that point that Jesus was that light. And I believe that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit together are demonstrating in little teeny short verses the display of the Trinity and that they were all one involved in this. Now, there's going to be a whole lot of questions you have. A lot of you have a lot of questions about creation. A lot of you have a lot of questions about the time of it and all this stuff. And when I was going to prepare for this, this was yesterday, these things came to me, and I want to ask you to at least consider those. A lot of times you've heard people say, quit playing God. Well, I want to challenge you, quit playing Adam and Eve. Quit playing Adam and Eve. They basically were told not to eat from a tree of knowledge, of understanding some things, and they decided they thought it would be better that they did. Listen to these verses that God is going to tell you and me. These are commands. These aren't just suggestions. These are commands. Can you discover the depths of God? Can you discover the limits of the Almighty? With him are wisdom and might. To him belong counsel and understanding, not you. He reveals mysteries from the darkness and brings the deep darkness into light that you don't understand. 
God thunders with his voice wondrously doing great things which we cannot comprehend. He made everything appropriate for its time. He also set eternity in our hearts, yet that man will not find out the work that God has done from the beginning to the end. He will not understand. When I gave my heart to know wisdom and to seek the task which has been done on the earth, even though one should never sleep or night or day, and I saw every work of God, I concluded that man cannot discover the work which has been done under the sun. Even though man should seek laboriously, he will not discover it. And though the wise man should say, I know, he does not know and he cannot discover. Just as you do not know the path of the wind and how bones are formed in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you don't know the activity of God who has made all things. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, unfathomable his ways. For who has ever known the mind of the Lord, or who could become his counselor? As you go through this, and there's a lot of things that I feel like you want to ask questions about, I want you to listen to what God has just said, and then I want to conclude these verses with this one. The secret things that are hidden belong to God. These things, but the things that he clearly has revealed to you, and to you and your sons, so you will observe those things and leave the hidden things alone. I say that for this. I've seen so many controversies, so many disputes, and so many dissensions of the book of Revelation, people arguing over all this stuff that nobody seems to know. And I've seen from the beginning of saying, okay, was it made in one second or one day or over a series of days? I want to find this out and know that. And God says, leave that alone. I've revealed clearly the things you need to do and to be obedient to that will give you the life that I've designed you. Leave the things hidden with God. But there's something in us that just wants to always have more knowledge. And we want to somehow seek and say, ah, I've got some more knowledge. I can bring this up at the table. Did you not hear the commands that were given to us all the way through Scripture? Do you think we're any different than Adam and Eve? When he said, just don't eat from that tree. And yet they decided that they wanted to be like God. And they wanted to understand. If you will just take in the things that are going to be clearly re represented as we begin to teach on this thing here and begin to hold to those, I think you'll begin to see what the, the scriptures basically unfold before your eyes. That this is telling you that God is God, and God is bigger and greater than your mind can ever even imagine. And so, I put me in my right place. This is a story about God, and God does deserve the glory. The second thing is, this isn't a story about me, and my little Instagram pictures of me and my selfies. This is a story about God. God will do well to lift you up, I promise you. God will brag on you. There's a verse that says God wants to say bravo over you. But let that be from him and not from you. So let's quit playing Adam and Eve. Let's quit trying to find out the little things that are so unknown that nobody seems to settle on, and let's settle for the things that are big. I promise you, if you will begin to let 
creation do what it was designed to do by being still and making it about God, and you'll let creation, as you look at it, it will humble you. It will put you at a place of realizing this God is my God. And it will bring you to the right place and the right standing with God. And then you'll begin to move through all the scriptures, and that theme is not going to leave through every book of the scriptures to the end of Revelation. It is going to be the same theme. And if you do, you will find yourself landing where God designed you to land. That verse in Proverbs, when, when wisdom and the Holy Spirit were saying that, he says, if you will realize these things and take them to heart, I have for you life as it was intended to be. Would you pray with me? Nate, if you want to come up. Father, I realize as I was even talking, I just, it's so hard for me to feel that I've done justice to something so big, so powerful. And yet your Holy Spirit has the ability to work in our hearts. And over the next weeks and days and months, would you open our eyes to the beauty of your creation and let it be somehow a display of who you are and how mighty you are and how powerful you are. That there is no God besides you. And we don't even have a glimpse of that beauty, but let us begin to see that and let, us, let it break our knees down to bow before you and put you in your rightful position so that we will be put in ours. We ask you, Father, to do so, and as Nate sings this song, I pray that you would continue to burn into our heart how great you are. And oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have I see the stars And I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout the universe display Then seems my soul, my Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Seems my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. And when I think that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can
my Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art! How great Thou art! When Christ shall with shouts of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I will bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then seems my soul How great Thou art, how great Thou art, this is my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art, this is my soul. Thanks for sharing that message. Just, uh, I love how we don't have to understand everything, but we can trust this awesome creator. And, um, and I'm just reminded, like, he takes care of his creation so well, and we're part of it. We're part of his creation. And, uh, and so, that, yeah, that's beautiful. So how do I close? Because I don't know. All right. All right. God bless. Yeah, may the Lord bless you and keep you and watch over you.